Hey, I am Alan McGuire, and along with Sir Maria Griffin and Alan Tannum, I'm one of the co-hosts of Juvenalia, which is a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. So we've put together this little sample platter episode to stick at the top of our feed for anybody new who comes along and wants to see what we're all about. Um, so what we have in this part one episode is uh, our first, all our episodes from the first half of 2019. So it's a little, little taster, a little slider burger thing of uh, each of those episodes. Um, so I will pop back in from time to time to tell you what you're listening to. So for the first three episodes, first we have uh, just me and Sarah talking about the X-Files. Um, then after that, we have me and Sarah talking to Naomi O'Leary about Under the Hawthorne Tree, uh, the children's novel, which is um, incredibly bleak and horrifying. And then we have Roxana Nickleem from Fair City talking about Home and Away and how Home and Away and Fair City intersected in a very real way for her once. That's this bit. And then after you hear the three those, you'll hear me again telling you what the next bits are, because that's how this is going to work. Uh, if you're checking us out, thank you very much for checking us out. I hope you find something you like. The X-Files is also one of the first shows to have a huge online fan base. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember reading, there was like a magazine I bought because it has the X-Files on it, like in 1994, 1995. Oh. And it was about their online fans. And it also mentioned that I guess where the term shipping comes from. It is. It's from yes, the X Files. It is. It is. Which it's, is an amazing. It's it's so weird to basically trace back the a origin word of a term. Yeah. That, like that and Stan. But it's Star Trek and uh, Stan is a weird one, right? Yeah. Do you know? I I think I have the wrong idea of this. Okay. Because I feel like I thought that people say that I will stand for something the way people say I won't stand for that. Okay. Well, so what I thought it was was Tumblr thinking that they were saying I will stand for that, mm. but dropping the D because sometimes Americans don't understand. Like I could care less. Yeah, you know, you're, yeah. You know, Americans say things wrong occasionally or yeah. their English is just not the same as ours because mm. America. So I thought that they were just saying I won't stand for this. In I, I thought they will say I will stand for that, mm. but dropping the D. But apparently it's an Eminem thing. Yeah, because the first time I saw it, I was like, <laughs> It, is that like the Eminem song? Is that what they mean? Like well, a, an obsessive no, the, fan? Kerry had to explain and that then to me. I assume not because how would I didn't understand why that would make its way into those communities. Yeah. Like the fandom communities and then back out. And Eminem play, is such a weird place for it to come from. But then it was like, oh, I was right. That's so how, I don't know. I'm, I not, think so I'm not supposed to be right about slang. No, I'm a white is. guy of Waterford. <laughs> I shouldn't. I'm old. You need better slang if I can intuit what it means first time. Yeah, kids. <laughs> be less user friendly. Like I had to Google Bay. Hedgerows and misery genre <laughs> of Irish children's yeah. fiction. Hedgerows and misery. That is it. We, me and exactly. Carrie always call it old women dying alone in Connemara. But hedge, <laughs> hedgerows and misery. It yeah. could be a, that could be the title of a bookshelf. Yeah, that's fantastically succinct. For a long time, I thought that's that's what like all Irish literature was. It is all. Irish it was only literature. it was only when I started like following like new Irish authors on Twitter. I was like, oh, there's like books about like tattoo artists. Honestly, though, I dig it. Like, I want to yeah. know how you like got the blackberries to survive and all that <laughs> shit like I, I want to know and then I love that no I dug I dug it when I was about eight yeah so then um, I had an audition this year for a soap opera an Irish soap opera um, it was very and uh, so I had heard before that Kane Phillips, right? His real name wasn't Kane Phillips. His real name was Sam Atwell. But he uh, had done something for Fair City. He'd been like, done some kind of script work or something. And I was like, that's mental. Like, that's mad. Small world and all that. But I didn't realise that I used to work there, right? So I went in for this audition and it's actually not the part that I'm playing now. Mm. 
it was a more serious role, uh, very high drama. Um, and I know, like, I have worked mostly in theatre and with theatre, you're not always kind of off book. But for TV, like, you have to be, like, because you, you're on a camera and you're talking to somebody. So it was all a bit mad. And the actual audition was, like, in McCoy's, which is the pub in Fair City. So I was just like, oh, my God, I'm on set. Like, it's not, like, in a room. <laughs> But it was really dark because they had the lights like lit on where the audition was going to be and I couldn't see anyone. There was loads of people in the room. And uh, so then I was like, okay. And the casting person brought me in. She's like, oh, this is the actor you're going to be reading with. And da, da, da. and I was getting a bit overwhelmed. And then Kane Phillips walked over oh. and said, hi, Roxana. <laughs> and I was like, I was looking around and I was like, is this an S at a punk? Like, have they just been like, or like, I don't know, one of those Silla Black shows where they're just like, you're meeting your hero. Like, oh my God. And I was like looking around and I was like, sorry, is anyone going to acknowledge the cane for this in the room? <laughs> because I actually don't know what to do. And, um, ah, yes. I listened to all of those just now in real time along with you. And yeah, good times. Definitely remember all those bits. Uh, so another three little clips for you. Uh, first up, we have Michael Fry, uh, comedian Michael Fry from all those videos you love. He talked to, to me and Sarah about Harry Potter, which was a very good time. Then next up, we had um, Peter Kavanagh of the Green Party and the Mother Folklore podcast to talk to us about Captain Planet and all the uh, ways that you can be a planet here too. And then we have Kiva Reardon of Cleo Journal and the Toronto International Film Festival in to talk to us. Obviously, from those two things, it's obviously, you know, a film she talked to us about. But no, she talked to us about Robbie Keane, um, which was very surprising and very enjoyable. Um, it was very nice to research a footballer instead of a film or a TV show for once. Uh, and that was uh, with me and Ellen. Um that was also Ellen's last episode with us for the time being because Ellen moved to Canada um, after that episode was recorded. Not immediately afterwards. Uh, that made it sound quite sudden. It was planned. We knew about it. Um, but so that is just those two episodes are the unfortunately very brief bit of Ellen you get in the sampler. But go back to our other samplers or even some other full episodes and get more and more Ellen because we love Ellen and she's great. So that's those three clips and I'll talk to you in a sec. You know, and it's very, it's not like... What's your house? What's my house? Uh, when I was a kid, so I I am a younger brother. So my, my older brother, when we played PlayStation games, whatever, would always pick the first character on offer. And I hated that. And I <laughs> always wanted to be, you know, Luigi. I wanted to be, you know, whatever the secondary option is, mm. like Toad or whatever, if you're playing Mario Kart or like Bowser or something. Not Mario, whereas my brother would be Mario. Mm. So Gryffindor, I hated the idea of being in Gryffindor, you know? Mm. So... Ravenclaw I think Real. is what it is because I like to think I'm really clever uh, do you know what I mean like so I've I've, yeah I've always kind of identified with that I think I wanted to be in Hufflepuff for a while because like, like there was nothing about Hufflepuff in the book mm. and then the mysterious stoner house yes. next yes. to the kitchen exactly <laughs> <laughs> no drama herbology work yeah it's like kind of later on I realised actually they're they're kind of shit and I wanted Underwritten. to be Ravenclaws yeah. you know what I mean so I don't know I like that he can get into the dorm room by just being clever, you know. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I guess maybe Slytherin as well. You mm. know, I like the whole ambition kind of thing. Maybe not the whole <laughs> racist kind of <laughs> bigotry kind of stuff. That I didn't really identify with that. But, 
Yeah, I don't know. That's that's an interesting one because lots of people want to be Gryffindor. I don't want to be Gryffindor. No. I don't want to be like... I kind of just want to go to Beaubatons with all the hot French girls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, actually, fuck this. I did Pottermore and I was like, get me out of this jock Gryffindor house. Pfft, no way. Hufflepuff, fuck you. <laughs> Hufflepuff gets into no trouble. No one says aunt to them. No one says aunt about them. They're just there mm. eating and being nice. What I find interesting about Captain Planet is that it is 29 years old this year. And everything that they warn you about in the first episode is still something we haven't actually fixed yet. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's been 30 years and we've had Captain Planet for 30 years. It's kind of tragic. Like, like there's like, people still don't cut up their ring pull things. I know, it's, you know? it's and insane. And that's, you see, there's fish dying in Captain Planet's intro. That should be enough for you. They, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it should turn everyone into an environmentalist. It turned me into an environmentalist. Like, because I was, I was young when this came out. Because um, you and I, Alan, we're around about the same age. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, babies of 84. Yeah. Uh, so like it was five or six when this was broadcast first in the States. And yeah, maybe, but then we got over here, it would have been. I was six or seven, yeah, seven yeah. or eight, like, you know, but uh, this was just, this opened my eyes. You got to go mm. and you got to do this. You got to clean up your area, your environment, look after it. Um, my dad was a musician. Uh, so we, like, he, it's a very precarious kind of job. So he'd always pick up jobs here and there. And he was a courier for a while and he would bring home anything that was going free with the Herald. He'd mm. managed to get a copy of it. So a satellite poster of Dublin or, you know, a collector's edition of uh, a book or something like that. Anything was going free with the Herald. And once he brought home a junior litter warden armband. And uh, yeah, seven-year-old Peter wore that. That is uh, sweet. It yeah. is yeah. the nerdiest thing I've ever, <laughs> ever done. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm pretty sure I got the shit kicked out of me for, for wearing it. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I was a... Proud little little environmentalist at that stage. Um, well, and that's the funny thing about watching soccer or football in Canada is the time difference. Mm. So oh, yeah. it's you, when you watch Premier League matches now, it's like a bunch of degenerates, myself included. I fully much include myself in said <laughs> degenerate group. You know, watching at like two or three in the afternoon on a Wednesday, <laughs> crushing pints. And I always look around and I'm like, who are you? Don't you have jobs and lives to be at? And then I'm like, look in the mirror, Kiva. <laughs> Who are you? So there's there's that also funny. And it's not popular. It's not like a, I mean, sorry, football is popular, but it's not like hockey or basketball or something no, like that. No, it just hasn't taken hold in the same way. No, absolutely. Yeah. So having the, the World Cup is different. Everyone really does get behind it. But the rest of the year, it's kind of a like bit of a defining, not defining characteristic, but a bit of a like, oh, Oh, you watch yeah. you watch soccer. Mm. Okay, sure, sure. Mm. And you find people who do as well and who also have odd jobs where you can, as I say, be a, you know, yeah. slug and watch something on, on a Tuesday afternoon. It's <laughs> like, like it's my half day, so it's yeah. football time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's me um, again. By the way, I'm recording all this on uh, December 27th um, on my sitting room uh, couch on my phone because uh, I forgot to do it in the studio before I left for Christmas. Uh, which is why the sound might be a little bit weird, but hopefully it's not too bad. Uh, I've got two very tired dogs here, which help with the cosy, juvenilia atmosphere we're trying to create. Um, so in addition to that being Ellen's last episode, it was also our last episode as part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network, because uh, we moved to Tall Tales um, after that. And we kicked off our Tall Tales um, journey, I guess, with our first and only live episode of the year, uh, where we talked to... Sarah Davis Goff about the Terminator live at the Dunleary Lexicon, um, which is a beautiful venue, and they were very very nice to us. And Sarah Davis Goff is brilliant, so that is that was a lot of fun. Um, then 
Ashton Keenan of the Private Education Podcast and just general sound talented person that everybody loves uh, came in and talked to us about Friends for 85 minutes. So I've included just a very short bit of that, um, but there is a whole other 84 minutes of it for you to go find. And I recommend you do because it was a lot of fun. And then also that same day for our first um, in-studio uh, Tall Tales episodes, we got our new producer and head of Tall Tales, uh, Cassie Delaney, into us to talk about Art Attack. And in this clip, you'll hear something a bit about Art Attack, but mostly about like grand designs and changing rooms and all those other kind of artsy related programs. Um, so that's it. I'll back to you for the last bit after you listen to those. Thanks. I just, I don't know. I, I still wonder what the Terminator is about, apart from like a gathering of our fears of what the, what the future is bringing. But I mean, I, what is, why are we so fascinated with the Terminator? I think, um, I think the movie, I mean, it's obviously, it's called the Terminator. Um, a lot of the action is centered around what this Terminator is. And I think there's an expectation that the Terminator is the hero and he's the character that we're really interested in. The Terminator is very boring. He does one thing and he does it very well, but like, we're not interested in him at all. We're interested in the characters that his creation um, necessitates, essentially. So um, it's just... It's, he's kind of like a siege monster as well as a Terminator. He puts a very particular pressure on those people around him who have to act in very interesting ways to try and evade him. And I just find that so fascinating. What you were saying about it being all encompassing and everywhere was like now, even like massive, massive, massive shows like, you know, Game of Thrones or mm. any of those really huge ones that make all the headlines. Like they're yeah they're huge but there's the still way. so much other there's so much choice so if you go onto netflix you can watch whatever you want mm. for mm. hours and you never have to see game of thrones or, or any of those other really big ones whereas like you said you know everyone came in and sat in front of the television at the same time like those that 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 kind of experience made friends a bigger deal than it probably would have been had it been coming out now oh for yeah because like now it can feel like everybody watches like steven universe or stranger things but it feels like turn left absolutely people have never heard of it all but whereas you knew everybody was watching it you knew everyone was watching it at the same time which is so odd you you knew that like if you landline phoned your your pal during friends she's not going to answer because she's watching friends like you it was almost a weird like you know you knew that everyone was going to be in front of their televisions or she'll call you back after friends Friends. (laughs) and if you miss it you're probably going to be missing out in the chats the next day or you'll be on the left Mm. of the in-jokes like but speaking of someone who was on the left of the in-jokes and watched all this happening from the sidelines I was just like it, it, it was a stone cold national phenomenon in a way that I don't know if they predicted yeah. and I don't know if they knew making it then that it would become this vignette like this background noise to these lives of so many different adults they had a feeling so I was reading yeah. Brandy Fair a very good oral history of Friends Whoa. and um, a couple weeks before the first episode aired the director took all of them out to Vegas and gave them each $500 to go out for dinner and went enjoy this because it's the last time you'll be able to go out without getting swarmed for probably the rest of your life and they were like really? he's like yeah pretty sure really genuinely believe so then when when my kind of like you know sort of media consumption journey escalated into my teens it was always changing rooms that I was obsessed with okay Mm. oh my god I'm about to have a heart attack so I was just reading about Lawrence Lambone this morning because he's on this great British paint off thing at the moment where he like it's like the great British bake off but painting Joel Gulby wrote about it Mm. (laughs) it's literally watching paint dry (laughs) but um, but But I'm into it (laughs) Uh, yeah I'm there I loved changing rooms and I love Lawrence Lambone yeah and like when I really think about every every type of of program that I like to consume and 
really evident when I'm on my own. Like my my girlfriend's been away for the last couple of days and I have spent all of my time watching Bon Appetit videos, which I know <gasps> oh, you adore. Claire and Brad. Um, any, any sort of make or do exercise and, and some of like the YouTube channels that I subscribe to are DIY channels and I'll sit down and I'll watch, you know, change rooms nonstop. And we actually did recently binge change rooms because one of the most enjoyable things you can do now is go back and look at people's reactions when they didn't love. <laughs> oh my the God. Room. Like bright red with flames on the walls or like like mirrors and turquoise. Like, like yeah. I know it was a different style era, but like how any of that stuff passed oh, off yeah. as good design was, is it just beyond me? But, um, and like grand designs, like I'll sit down and watch that. And it's, it all comes back to wanting the same feeling that Art Attack used to give me mm. of seeing something that wasn't anything become it's about the process yeah 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 there's a there's a netflix show which um all right here we go last three episodes of the juvenilia 2019 sample platter part one um so we normally try to keep we don't normally try to keep just the the big episodes that like go well over an hour that we normally get like two or three of those a year but we happen to get two of them basically in a row um because two episodes after ash and keenan talked to us about friends 35 minutes, uh, Kate Dolan came in and talked to us about Buffy the Vampire Slayer for 86 minutes. Uh, 86 minutes and one second, um, just to really rub it in. Uh, that was a great episode. Uh, really loved talking to Kate about all that. Um, and just a good excuse to watch some Buffy. So it was good. Uh, after that, um, the poet and uh, sound person Aaron Fornoff came into us to talk about Tremors, um, which is one of my favourite films. I love it. Um, I think more people should watch Tremors. I think more people should listen to this episode as well. It's just it was a very fun time. Um, the clip in here is like two minutes of the approximately twenty five minutes of Cowboy Boot Talk that we recorded for this episode. So I hope you enjoy that. And the final part of um Sam Platter Part One is uh voice talent Sophie White of the Creep Dive and Mother of Pod talking to us about freaks and geeks. Uh, we recorded this the day after Spice Girls in Croke Park, uh, which we were all at, and we were all very tired, but it was a very good time. Uh, this is Sophie talking about Jason Siegel's character and how he's kind of similar, but not quite similar to her husband and also a guy she used to know in school who played the saxophone at parties. So that's the last three episodes, and I'll talk to you in a sec for for the goodbyes. Well, basically, Joss Whedon, the reason Buffy came to be is he said he was sick of seeing blonde girls, kind of like blonde party girls seen as ditzy going into an alleyway and getting murdered in horror. Um, so he wanted to make something that subverted that idea. It was about uh, the final girl all the way through. Right? Yeah, blonde woman goes into an alley and like she's ditzy and a party girl and her name's Buffy and can kick some ass and then take some names. So he wrote the um like the the feature film and then I think the people the director and like the producers apparently I don't think they really understood what he was trying to do and I think they made it into this kind of broad comedy rather than like Yeah. Like it horror, is in a slapstick like the poster is yeah. Perry hiding behind Buffy ah. and stuff like that so. yeah wow. it's like and like you know the vampires are really kind of ridiculous and they're mm. like you know um, <laughs> so they were like yeah I think yeah Joss Whedon I think he took that and was like when the TV show came he's like no this is what I wanted to do with that um, 
And yeah, apparently they like wanted to change Buffy's name because they were like, we can't take her seriously if her name's Buffy. And he was like, that's literally the point. The point. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember I, I lived in Washington, D.C. for a while and they would all people who lived there for a long time would always say that with a new like government administration, like a new president. It sort of changes that all the people who come in to like work for them or work mm. for people, you know, all the ancillary things. Um, like the culture changes a little bit. But like, and one of the things they said was that when George W. Bush was president, you just see lots of men wearing cowboy boots with their suits. Wow. Um, and then there was much less of that when Obama was in. That's wild. I don't know yeah. what the hell's going on there now. Like Probably jack really boots. Really is it jack <laughs> boots now? I don't know. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, I don't, oh God, what, what are we doing now? Oh, but white hoods and jackets. Yeah. Large <laughs> white hoods and big old guns. Yeah. Gun wall, a gun wall in every home. <laughs> but uh, the, I bet the thrift shops in DC have really good cowboy boots. Like that's mm. what always happens. In Tampa, I, have a, I have a slightly more respectable pair of rodeo boots because seemingly rodeo cowboys only wear their boots once. And then they give them away because they have to be turned out, you know, mm. uh, for mm. every rodeo. So uh, there was a wave of these boots called Justins in San Francisco. They're like mm. little little dinky boots. I have a pair of them. They're not as they're not as hardcore on a cowboy mm. as uh, as the big old uh, serious jobs that are in Tremors. They're so good. This is hard. I know. <laughs> I have such a soft spot for Nick Andopoulos. Mm. I'm going to get even more sincere here because he is my husband. Uh, yeah. Except my husband's actually a decent drummer. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty decent drummer. But they're so similar in that I think it's just a kind of uh, like, a, it's kind of like being a prodigy in having confidence. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of, it's just nobody has confidence at that age. And if the mm. people who do, they shine. And they're not the people who are like, in terms of the social hierarchy, at the top of the pecking order. Mm. I always remember a guy I went to school with. He was a mad saxophone player. He loved his music. And like, everyone would go to the house parties and be playing Beat the Slapper. And it was terrifying. Mm. And I hated it. And I always remember Alex would bring his sax to parties. And like, I have such a like nice, happy memory of being at this party when I was about 15. And it was like in some like real, real sad, like shit estate. And everyone was just like hated life because they were 15. And Alex was walking up the back of the garden on his own, playing the saxophone, like with utter joy. And it was I like, can't. oh my God, what an absolute, Legend, like, a legend like, yeah. yeah, like a legend, and that's who Nick Andopoulos is to me. Like, so that's part one of our sample platter for 2019. I hope you found something you liked. Uh, if you're just checking us out for the first time, I hope you subscribe, that would be great. Um, if you are someone who is already subscribed and was just seeing if there was a little something maybe they hadn't listened to yet that they liked, I hope you found something as well. Um, maybe leave a review, that'd be good they're always appreciated or even better actually you know what's better than reviews telling your friends about it because uh, your friends know about Serial already if their friends start talking about a podcast skip past the Serial bit and tell them about Juvenalia um, also this is very forward because this is just a sample platter episode but we do have a Patreon it's um, for one dollar a month you get a uh, a badge and a sticker uh, it looks very good on a laptop I've seen it on several laptops looks very good um, and at, at the five dollar level, there's bonus episodes. But you're if you're like just listen to this now, you have 
a lot of episodes to catch up on already before you start worrying about bonus episodes. So I'm just mentioning it on the off chance that you might you might want to, you know. Um, so yeah, there we go. There'll be there's there's a part two of this. It'll be out. Uh, it'll be out next week, as I'm saying this. But for you listening to this in the future, it's already there. So I will see you over on that one. Bye, everybody. Bye.